Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of bringing presents when it isn't even Christmas. And impressing all those wonderful boys and girls with the cheap knockoff stuff you get at the convenience store. But where does he get all those wonderful toys? I can't do a Joker imitation, but... (laughs) (laughs) I can't even, well, I can't do the, I can't do his. Uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week, <laughs> what we're talking about is the Amuse a Savage kit. Now, this is a, uh, an item. Uh, usually it's a pack or something like, or a suitcase full of stuff that uh, Richard Taholka, when he first designed Fringeworthy, said, here's, here's a bunch of stuff that you can give to, you know, take with you and hand out freely to these people that are in, like, Stone Age or, you know, le- lesser technological levels that they'll find really cool. And hopefully you can use it as bribes or, you know, to impress people. But mostly it's just to create a good, warm, fuzzy feeling between you and these new people you've met. All right. So uh, so what you got next? You know, I'm going to go ahead and, and jump. I'm going to work my way back from, from the bottom of your list here because we as we were They talking, are in no particular yeah. order. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead. Uh, the the box of condoms or balloons, however you want to look at, use them. Whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. Depending, I mean, heck, depending on the uh, the sex, uh, the the attitudes of sex and sexuality for this village. You know, as soon as you kind of get a good sus of that, you'll know which one to to present them as. Yeah. Man, are you tired of your wife constantly having babies? Are you ready to just give it up? I got a balloon for you. You can use it as a balloon and still use it as the other. Yeah. Just, you know, just depends on how, you know, the level of of uh, of confidence you want to have in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes anything is an improvement, right? Right. I mean, it's also, I could, I mean, they're also pretty good. You could use them as a emergency um, water skin. True. Uh, they're great for, you know, uh, putting over the end of your, your, uh, rifle. If you're in the military, yeah. keep the rain from, especially all those ones that carried them over their shoulders, get caught in a, in a, in a downpour. And, and you've got one of those things where you had to pour everything together and yeah, tamp it down in. You don't want to get water getting in there. And that's the thing. I think, I think you're, you're, you're probably going to find the most use of this in a, in a black powder type. Uh, firearm setting because after that they probably already know of condoms on their own. Well, the earliest examples of them were sheep. Yeah, I know. I, oh, I, oh, I know. Just how many of them carried around during, say, like the Civil War or the Revolutionary War? I don't know. Actually, that might be something to look up. I, I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> time to find the history. All right. So now the next one I had is a little bit is a little high techy. Okay, so it's really something that's just kind of fun. Uh, it's a solar-powered hydrogen cracking bottle, uh, and it's plastic, so you can squeeze out the hydrogen, you know, into like say one of those balloons, okay, and actually get it to float. Oh. Or you could combine it together, back the oxygen and hydrogen back together, and ignite it and make it like a little fiery jet. Okay. See, and you use basically we're, we're just doing simple, you know, electro electrolysis of water. We're just cracking the hydrogen and oxygen apart and having them go into separate vessels. And, you know, it's, it, this kind of stuff is, is, is easily available in, in the back of magazines and, you know, uh, things like that. You can get this kind of stuff. But this was something I thought would be kind of cool because, you know, uh, especially when you combine it with bubble fluid. 
because what you could do then is is that you know I, I've seen these as science experiments in school is is that you go and you you uh, they would have a tank of hydrogen but you know you you, you basically dip the, the the bubble fluid stick it over the, uh, the 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 little hydrogen thing squirt the hydrogen in there and make it make the bubble and the thing starts floating away and then somebody has a red hot poker oh okay yeah and I'll... they go and they swat the bubble and the bubble goes boom that's why i was wondering when I, I was unsure what bubble fluid meant on your list but okay now i get what you're saying you're like yeah like the like the weakened dish soap kind of thing right well bubble well it doesn't have to be i mean yeah i know, you know there's they... all that's how the we, bubble we... fluid is great stuff. I mean, people will just look at that stuff for hours, oh, yeah. just floating around. Kids go crazy over it. Oh yeah, and it, and all, and you can and you can drink the stuff. It's completely non-toxic. Yeah, that's oh yeah. Unless I, my you, kids, unless love you it. put stuff in there to make super bubbles, in which case you're on your own. Yeah, well, super bubbles are a necessity when you have three kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so is this this little basically is this little science experiment thing that you can set out on it outside on a stump and you know let it you know after a day or two you know you'll have enough hydrogen in there to do do something like this. So you know it's just one of those things that you can have fun with. So uh, I guess if you were to if you had the kit, you might want to pre-load the chambers. Yeah. So that, you know, if you bring it out and you use it, you, you know, they, they see that it works, you know, and then you, you and then the, uh, the, the solar power on the sly recharges it, but you get your initial good time. So, you know, guaranteed. Right. And then you could, yeah. All right. So what else you got? Um, that, okay. So yeah, going package of smelling salts. Cause yeah, that's. Uh, when did we even discover those as a, as a as a species or society? I don't know. I, I only heard about it being used in the like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I can't think. So of... I don't know if they were used before then. So yeah, you've got a a handy dandy, really nasty smelling thing that is smells so nasty it can shock a lot of unconscious people back awake. Uh-huh. And if it doesn't shock them awake, then you know it's really bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way of telling whether or not uh, fallen soldiers are faking it. Yeah. Or you your know. military commander just go and have a stick and stick it under their noses. If they rouse, if they suddenly jump up or switch away from it, it's like, okay, you were faking. You were going to jump up behind me and kill me. Or if someone's had a little bit too much to drink and passed out, you might get a few more feet of movement out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Keep moving, or I'll you know, make you smell this again. Yeah. You got your own bed. But, Go to your own bed. Right. <laughs> but it, it was it was especially used for people that would uh, you know in social settings would faint, and uh, you usually um, uh, the fainting was real because they were wearing constrictive clothing. Or they were, you know, engaging in some kind of behavior that was made them fall unconscious. Well, you know, the combination, if they were, you know, that the temperature was too hot. Temperature was too hot. Um, no ventilation. Or, they were, or they, were, they were, you know, they were smoking that wacky tobacco. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, drug use was much more common. Uh as a cultural thing in 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 in, a, in our own world before the 20 the, the modern times well yeah pretty much it seems like every time they found some new substance they would use the heck out of it until they realized how counterproductive it was to use the hell out of it well you know it's i knew i, I mean i know that uh historically you know people there were a lot of people that had trouble getting their hands on tobacco and they would just grab any old weed and roll it up and smoke it. Sometimes that was very bad for them, but a lot of times mm-hmm. they discovered all kinds of uh, herbal cigarettes that uh, otherwise they never would have discovered. Yeah, yeah. But occasionally if you get a bad one, then maybe that smelling salts might kickstart you into breathing again. Yeah, yeah. 
especially with people who don't know how to do artificial resuscitation. Mm. Rescue breathing, whatever you want to call it. CPR, yeah. Yeah. So uh, just getting somebody to just suddenly gasp, you know, is... Uh, just might be the jump start they need. Yeah, a lot of times it can make all the difference in the world. So, all right. Uh, let's see here. I got um, I got poppers. Love poppers. Poppers are fun. There's two types of poppers. One is a piece of metal that has a ring in the in, in like the center of it, and you can like compress it, and it basically pops the other direction. But it's just barely enough that it won't stay that way. You pressed it down, so you deformed it, and then as your uh, but it'll slowly return back to its previous shape. And when it does, it reaches a critical point where then it suddenly goes and pops up in the air or pops over to the side. That's one kind of popper. Yeah, yeah I think they've got those out of rubber as well. My kids... I haven't seen rubber, but yeah. But you're, you're thinking oh, yeah. the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah sure. You know, uh, there, there's, there's more elaborate ones. The ones I was thinking about were just made out of metal or plastic, just... You yeah, know, just deform, it's just deformed a certain way, and then it'll any pop. material that will deform and yet try and regain its old shape will work yeah. for this. Yeah, right. And then the other type are the little are the explosive items that you use on on various holidays like the Fourth of July or Independence Day, uh, where you throw them down and they. Oh yeah, like the little the little paper wrapped bundles of of yeah powder, like little rocks, and you throw them down and boof. yeah. They uh, they're just basically um, just tiny little explosives. Yeah, and uh, they could they could be a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm sure that canning those out to a whole bunch of kids and them running around popping like crazy, you know, <laughs> make you make you a big fan until they ran out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my kids love them on Fourth of July. Yeah, you you basically taken you know what what really is a powerful explosive, but it's packaged in such a uh, a diluted fashion that it can't hurt anybody unless you literally, you know, stuck, s s crushed one next to someone's eyeball. Yeah, or, or like you, you yeah. held a whole bunch in your hand. Put it in your mouth and, and yeah. cr crunched it with your teeth. That might that might split split a tooth. But otherwise, it's not going to, you know, even in your hand, if you held the palm of your hand, smacked it with a rock, you know, I don't think it would hurt your hand. Not one, but if you held, like, the whole package... I mean, we're not talking damage. We're just talking it probably would sting like hell because your hand can't really get come. I mean, because I, I mean, that's what I used to do for one summer was I, I made explosives. Most people who lose fingers or things like that from explosives were holding them with their uh, hand closed. Right. You know, it's not usually something that was flat on their hand no. or something. Yeah. Unless you get into the serious, you know, the really ones that are ones. like, you know, eighth of a stick of dynamite or something yeah. like that. The ones you're not supposed to be able to buy. Or the things that were, yeah, the things are, that are already a bump. A, a rocket you decide to hold and not let fly, but it has an explosive charge at the end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that could be a surprise. Okay. So explosives are always fun. Sparklers and uh, explosive items for that that are fun to give to kids are also fun to give to natives. And fireworks, of course, those you want to be a little bit more careful with. Those you, I don't know if I would. Those are definitely something you don't give to the natives unless they're the weaker models. Those are the ones you just use to impress them. Yeah, you know the ones that are literally the size of a, a you know like like a pen cap. That, those tiny yeah. ones with a little bit of fuse in them. You yeah. Know, those are fun. Oh, they, yeah. They're really unlikely. I mean, they're really unlikely to, to hurt anything as long as you've got some water around. Right. In case, so. But no, I'm not talking about any, anything that requires a, uh, uh, that says something like mortar on it, then you probably <laughs> want to stay clear of yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Because you know somebody's going to grab that up and, and two people are going to light those up and point them at each other. You know that's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, eventually, yeah. Especially, eventually that's going to happen. Especially with kids. You know, we, thanks to you, we've created a new right of manhood. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep bringing us these, these crackers, you call them. You know, fountain of, fountain of fire. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. What you got? I, I, I'm going to skip a, back a little bit. I see this one here. The Everclean Hydrophilic Gloves. I like that idea. Are we talking like thick gloves with just a hydro uh, hydro? Okay. Well, actually, what, what do you mean by, do you mean hydrophilic or hydrophobic gloves? I meant hydrophobic. I put the wrong, I put okay. the wrong adjective. There. I, I was, I mean, I was thinking you meant hydrophobic, but I want to make sure. Yeah. It's the, it's that paint. Yeah. The stuff that you, just you, you can paint on your tennis shoes or you can paint on a pair of gloves and then like you can pour like paint on your, and they just roll right off. Yeah liquids do not stick unless they're like slightly adhesive right but you can stick you can stick your hands into like you know uh uh you know i can think of two things where you might really want this one is mud Mm -hmm. you know you just stick your hand in pull your hand out or just show how you get this really dirty two gloves and you just go and wash them in stream and bring it out this one's kind of wet and still brownish and this one is is shiny and pretty okay right, yeah the other thing is if by some reason you need to stick your hand into a pile of excrement and that's yeah that was the big thing i was thinking you could say look i'm still pure <laughs> <laughs> i have not been befouled by this act see you know you too can have this godly purification. These magic gloves. Yeah, I, I originally I was saying boots because to me the, the you know I I have I have gone places on hikes where you pick up like five or six pounds of mud on your boots because it just sticks. You're just yeah. going through like, and having something where it would naturally just fall off within a few steps of uh, you know of of or at least. It, you know, each time would be like fresh. You know, I would be like really, really cool. But um, it's uh, but I, boots are kind of big and heavy, so yeah, and the gloves would be it seemed like yeah. it seemed like it'd be taking up a lot of space in the Amusa Savage gift. Hydrophobic materials in general are going to be useful, and actually, now I think about it, hydrophilic as well. Get yourself a roll of paper towels. Things that like. You know, literally, you know, become three times their original size. Yeah, like the little um, grow your own dinosaur toys that are just sponges that have been super compressed. Yeah, you put them. They put them in a little egg that dissolves in water, and then they start to soak up the water, and they just start expanding and expanding, expanding. Much like pizza in your stomach. Yeah, or towels too. I think I have a towel or two that I have made the mistake of 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 uh, of eating um, uh, freeze dried food Ooh. before it's fully absorbed its water. Uh oh! And of course, I get really thirsty when you do that because you're sucking up all your water. <laughs> you keep you keep drinking and you keep drinking, and then you're like, oh my gosh, and you're like a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> can't no. move because you got this big bloated belly because you were so hungry you ate three times as much food as you probably should have oh no and so you're continuing to swell i'm having visions <laughs> of that scene from monty python and the meaning of life no 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 that's 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 horrible <laughs> i know that that is a truly horrible scene i know yeah anyways yes uh from the uh, uh meaning of life yeah, yeah, Monty that's Python. right. Yeah, Monty Python's meaning of life. It was just one way for theme. Mr. Creosite. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. One meaty little way for theme. Wave. Oh, Me. I'll explode. All right, like, enough. All right. <laughs> Our audience is probably gagging right now because they're, yeah, we're triggering these memories. <laughs> All right, so let's see here. Um... Well, you know, uh, just having this, it's not real cool in and of itself, but like thin, strong wire, you know, can be used for all kinds of things. Um, it, it, obviously, it, it can be used to, to improve their traps for like when they're trapping animals and such, mm-hmm. or setting up, you know, like alarms uh, or even uh, explosive devices if they're that far along technologically. But it also could be used for magic tricks. Um, it can be, uh, if you want to really freak people out, you can dangle yourself from a uh, tree branch, you know, and it, if it's anywhere past like broad daylight, they won't be able to see the wire. That's why they call it wire foo in, uh, a lot of, uh, Asian, um, fantasy films. Right, right. 
Okay, I mean uh, the wire is is what uh, is piano wire, and it's uh, but it may be you know modified to look black, um, and it's uh, and they you know they basically just move around, and, and believe me, the people that they've done it to, they they they're literally in fear for their lives because they don't they can't imagine how this stuff can actually hold them up, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But you know it's. But they, they move them around on cranes and things like that, and they swing them around. And you can do all kinds of really cool things with that, you know, or just simply having an object just dangling in the air Magically, that they know. They yeah. know it doesn't float, and it's yeah. in the air, and it, it's just swinging around with the breeze, and nobody can reach it because it's up too high, you know, and they're just like, you know, how. What happened? Like that is oh, he says, you know, I I cast my magic dust on it. <laughs> <laughs> he says, and it floated up. You you want it back? Well, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then and that's when you that's when you say, oh, you want to know what the magic dust is here? And then you bring out the package of pop rocks. Okay, he says here we'll put some of the magic dust in your mouth. <laughs> and they feel the pop 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 in their mouth. They're like, oh, I feel lighter too. I'm not going to float away, am I? Oh. No, no, don't worry. I've got already cast the counter spell. No, it's just he says I didn't give you that much. <laughs> that was just a that was just a sample. Yes, you know, because I always had this, you know this thing with the the whole uh, Peter Pan and Tinker Bell with the magic fairy dust. Mm. And I was always like. How much fairy dust does it take? You know, it's like, and where does she keep the fairy dust? Oh, she's sprinkling you know? it around all the time. She just yeah, I think it actually comes off of her wings. But yeah, I, I, as, as a child, I never really understood. You know, it was like you know, it, it's just I, I always thought of like you know, uh, uh, if you had like fairy dust in a bag, you know, and you threw it and hit somebody, and all of a sudden they're floating away. <laughs> If they're thinking happy thoughts. Oh, I was, you know, again, I, the whole happy thought thing, it kind of skipped past me. I figured that <laughs> once they put the fairy dust on you, if you understood how to fly, then you would just fly. Right. Yes. Yes, the happy thoughts. Yeah, go to your happy place. I honestly think there was one of the the Tinkerbell spinoff movies where, honestly, I think it was like an early young Captain Hook learns how to fly thanks to fairy dust i don't know it's been a while again daughters watching disney a lot yeah yeah okay or he he doesn't actually fly he just thinks he's flying because his his first mate has slipped him some <laughs> wacky tobacco <laughs> it's hard to say you know because if you know if you've actually read the story of peter pan you realize that Neverland is actually a world inside of Peter Pan's mind. So therefore, he goes inside of his own mind and lives there. Makes sense. It does, does it? Well, <laughs> considering he gets to live forever and have whatever adventure he wants and is never really in any danger. Yeah, sounds like what a runaway might do. Anyways, it's uh, I thought it was very interesting when I finally read the real the real story of Peter Pan. You know, rather than all the productions I'd seen growing right. up, you know, it's 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 very crazy. You know, that uh, the, the the biggest problem that they had with Tinkerbell is the fact that ta uh, fairies are so small they can only have one thought in their mind at a time. So when Tinkerbell decides that she doesn't like Wendy. She's murderous. She has murderous intent. <laughs> but as soon as she gets distracted, she's like, "Oh, I love Wendy." Now, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Why would murder? Why would I do? Why would I do that? She's yeah. Crazy. And that's and that's how some and that's how somebody accidentally drinks poison because you know it was <laughs> it was made during the murderous phase and uh, and forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. The store, I think the stage story is actually a better telling of the of the Peter Pan telling than anything else. But anyways, no, long time. Uh, thin, yeah. strong wire is really yeah. good for all kinds of stuff like that, and uh, and it, and of course it doesn't. You you get a lot. You get a lot of yeah. wire. You know, that store is easy. Well, store is easy until yeah. you use easy it. Easy to carry. Then you're going to be winding for a while. Really good for dangling people off cliffs. 
says, you are going to tell me <laughs> the answer, are you not? Mm, where, where is the treasure? Okay. All right. Pull me up, pull me up, and I'll tell you. No, I think you'll tell me now. <laughs> and if I like your answer, then I'll pull you up. Yes, exactly. See, you've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. The truth is that I'd say that, and then I would tie them to tie the other end to a tree and come back, at, you know, later when I found out whether they were telling me the truth or not. Oh, yeah, you really have done this before. <laughs> you sleep here. <laughs> uh, maybe find, somebody will find you. If not, we'll be back in a day or two. I really hope this. I really hope this wire doesn't break. Ah, who cares? He's the bad guy. <laughs> He's a minion. No, it's what you say to, to the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what you got? Um, I, I like this um the calcium carbide lamp. That really? Okay. That burn. <laughs> yeah. Uh our some of our audience does not know what this is. So why don't you explain it to them? Um you might be better explaining. I'm I'm familiar with it. I can't remember if it's there there I'm having two two possibles in my head i think there's one version that runs off just water like you drop water and it'll start to slowly glow and 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 smoke okay well yeah it's it's basically calcium carbonate uh carbide calcium Uh carbide okay when mixed with water produces acetylene gas okay all right okay and it comes out a little tiny hole in the front uh, uh, with a reflector, and uh, and acetylene is a very white, bright light. Yeah. And so it gets reflected, and and a um, uh, and and a little container of calcium carbide can la- will last for hours. And of course, the the faster you drip, the bigger the flame, the faster it gets used up. But when I was when I was a kid, and I went uh, caving. Uh, with our local um, outdoor group, uh, that thing would last a uh, one thing would last a good four hours, okay. because we just had it big enough to illuminate uh, something past the bud of the person who was crawling through the tunnel ahead of us, right in the cave. So you know, and of course we didn't want to burn the butt of the person who was <laughs> right. ahead of us. So there, you know, there's only these people that have these really high tech, big bright lights on them and stuff like that. We were all like, no, dude. He says, you know, you're, you're ruining the ambience. <laughs> yeah, but, but anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a great little thing. It looks like a rock, and it turns into a, uh, a an explosive gas, a, a, a flammable gas, and push. just by adding a little bit of water to it. Yeah. And, it, and the end result, when it's finally all said and done, is completely safe. Yeah. You... Yeah, you don't end up with a poison when you're done. Right. So, no, no, no real concerns about uh, uh, suffocation. Yeah, you don't worry. It doesn't produce anything that'll cause suffocation, unless the the issue is there's just enough air, enough oxygen. Right. Yeah, but you yeah. don't end up getting like a like like kerosene lamps are always a problem. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and they produce you know much better light than a candle. And other types of things like that. So, and you, you, you just put it onto a helmet or a cap. You know, we, I, I had a, a cloth cap with a little thing built in the front, and uh, it, it stuck into. And uh, they didn't like that because they wanted us to wear hard hats because we're always banging our heads against things. Mm. But if you, you know, and I, and I had to make a take a hard hat and build a thing for it. But it came when I bought it. It just came with a cap. Uh, and I just, you put that thing on there and hang in the front and you were, you were good. You were good for hours because, you know, and you could see just fine. So yeah, I, I really like that. And, you know, like I said, you could just go put water and just light it. Suddenly your rocks are burning. <laughs> and that alone tra- could be an, you know, an impressive feat for, for the primitives is right. I can burn rock. Right. Now, if you want to sh- control the finances of people who are into games, uh, mark cards. Always a good thing. Yeah. And you could have mark cards that are visible with uh, certain kind of glasses, or you can have mark cards where just certain patterns are on them that you, once you know to look for them, you can see them. 
or something. There's all kinds of different kinds of marked cards. So uh, pretty much anybody, even if you go to cultures where they have marked cards, you could probably figure bring bring one that is different and still win the game, or win only just enough, okay, but not too much. No, you don't want to get suspicious. Or build up a big pot and then lose it all, being sure you're going to lose it all. Right. <laughs> and 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 get the and gain the uh, 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 the favor of the person who wins the pot. So you can control who wins the pot by using suggestions and misdirection and things like that. So I'm just saying is that mark cards can be really really useful. And of course, if you want to do a mentalist act, now it's easy peasy. Oh yeah. What shape is on your card? Oh, this little diamond thingy. I knew that. Now go type. Yeah, I get. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you can. You can predict the future with these cards. You can read your mind. Concentrate intently on this card, and I will read your mind and tell you what your card is. Meanwhile, you're just reading it off the back of the card. Right. What you got? Um, actually following in the same line of thinking the, the loaded dice with the magnetic plate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you've got your own little, like small little gaming table you can bring along and you've got your dice that, you know, will always roll what you want when you want them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They roll, they roll true until you put the magnetic plate under the table and right. then all of a sudden they come up certain, certain numbers all the time. That's, that was the idea. Yeah. So yeah, I like it because it, it's along the same lines. You can, you can, you can make sure you win. You know the game you want to win, or make sure the chief wins the game you want them to win, or you can predict the future of this random roll of the dice. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and there's lots of different ways of doing that too. Sometimes what you can do is that you can put like little magnetic or, or uh, metal pips into like the holes where the uh, on certain sides mm -hmm. yeah and and therefore make that side the one that's going to be attracted to so it doesn't always, always have to be the same way always tries to go down yeah yeah which sides you know, which, which sides are going to go down so you get the other side up so mm -hmm. yeah all right um so uh uh i like the um the step and fire water rockets okay Again, this is another thing that I've seen. Actually, seen this in Toys R Us and other places. It literally, you fill the thing uh, full of of water, okay, and then you um, uh, you you either pump it up with a pump, or you jump and come down on a like a a, a compression, right, um, like an air uh, pump like air pump and what it does is it forces air into the rocket okay which then pushes the water out and acts as the reaction mass and fires you know 50 to 100 feet up into the air yeah Bl blows all the water out and then because it's now just plastic it just and you could have these made out of carbon fiber if you wanted them to be a bit more durable and they fall to the ground and they don't get hurt and you can do this until basically the depending upon the, the quality of the construction until it breaks right okay and it's super super um uh you know simple construction you know note the technology is all in the materials it's not you know it's, it's not hard to use children use it safely you know unless of course there's always going to be some idiot who standing over it when the other kid goes and jumps yeah. on it and, and gets and, and basically you know gets it up their nose <laughs> just, if they're lucky uh but i'm just saying is that you know it's you you can you can demonstrate this kind of thing and everybody's going to love it because it's just full it's fun it doesn't have any any real useful function other i mean you know uh, I, I could think of one, but it wouldn't it wouldn't last very long. But you could strap a, a little whistle maker to it, and now it's a it's a it's a flare. Okay, I just uh, I'm basically saying you know, the guy the guy with the gong or the big drum <laughs> probably can send out a signal faster or easier. Yeah, than probably this, good. You know? Yeah, yeah. So if you're really trying to you know you, you need real rocket stuff to get stuff high up in the air to really go and 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 do stuff like that you know 
Uh, we, I didn't even talk about model rockets in this, in that, in the sense of like the Estes model rockets, right, especially right. the one that takes film. It has like a little camera on the top of it, so it gets up to the top of its arc. It pops out. It, it's it's heavy, so it goes down, and it just films below it, and so you can get a a, a beauty shot of the entire camp that it's being fired from. Hmm. And uh, I had one of these, but I never could I never could figure out how to put it together properly, and I just ended up throwing it away finally after 20, 30 years of being in a in the back of a box from my childhood. Oh wow! So, I, unless I still have it, which is always possible, <laughs> you haven't really thrown it away. You just don't. I, I think I did, but I may not have because you know I'm like those. This is probably like a, a you know it's probably valuable because it's so rare, you know. Because they, they don't make it anymore. Yeah. Well, but now anyways, we have drones. Yeah. Now we have drones, which are a thousand times better than <laughs> than Estes model rockets. But I'll tell you, when those things took off, it was just like, I'm a rocketeer, man. Oh, yeah. Whoosh! I mean, well, nothing like those things take it off. We still have the model rockets. We just don't have the cameras on them anymore. <laughs> We're saving that money. I do need to get a model rocket for the kids now that I think about it. Well, you can still buy them. I know, I know. I'm thinking about it now. Uh, it's one of the things that they usually uh, make available at summer camps. Usually they have various uh, crafting tracks. One will be like mall rocketry. You gotta, you know, you gotta give your kid like an extra twenty five bucks to to you know to buy the model rocket, <laughs> you know, and glue it together and put like like two engines in it. Hmm. <laughs> okay. It's fun. You can do it. Yeah. Okay. What you got? Um, well, you've got one here. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent on, but although I get the idea behind it, it's, it's a book of knots. Right. I, I'm, I, I definitely can see how that would very, very much be useful as a gift and even just for your own usage, if you don't already know it. Um, I just, I don't know if I want to give away. No, well, I'm already been talking about giving people self-uplifting technology so yeah i guess i get makes sense yeah a book of knots showing all the different types of knots you can make with one or two or three or four pieces of rope however many yeah you need for and for whatever job you need mm -hmm. yeah i mean most people don't know how to uh connect to different size different thicknesses of ropes together in a in a knot that'll basically be strong as strong as the original rope yeah, they they can sometimes do a a, a temporary thing that might yeah. you know get them that might get them so far, but yeah, yeah, that's called a sheep shank, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's yeah, it's uh, knots are, you know, there's there there are literally thousands of knots, but uh, the basic ones can really make a huge difference. Uh, you can actually build structures using um, you know good knots. That you couldn't be, you couldn't build before, right? And you, you have the knots that you know you pull on one one direction, and it ain't moving. Pull this one little extra string here, though, and it falls apart, easy peasy. Okay, you know yeah, that that, that would be useful to to certain uh, like villages and technology. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of knots, you know, all their strength is in one direction, mm -hmm. you know, which is does because that's the way the the tension is going to be on them. Right. And then, you know, in, and then, but you don't want, you might want to loosen it at some point. So, you know, uh, you can do something else, you know, uh, like a lot, a lot of knots I use uh, in camping are designed to basically be tight, but not so tight as you have to cut them off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it takes a lot of special knotting and twisting to you know to to be able to end up with a knot that does that. It's not it's not any way high tech or I mean, anybody who want, learns basic knots would learn it almost immediately. But I'm just saying is that you know and there's a, a couple of knots that I was surprised with. Like there's not uh, there's one that isn't even a knot. You literally is you you wrap a rope around a tree. And be the way, and by wrapping it the right way, you can now pull the tree, drag it behind you, and you didn't have to knot it at all. <laughs> and the reason that's important is because a knot is usually the weakest part of the connection, and so now you get the full strength of the rope you're using. Oh, okay, yeah. So, and it's super easy to get off. 
and other things like that. So it's just you know it's a you know it, it, it relies upon the roughness of the material that is wrapped around like providing a tree trunk, that, providing that yeah. friction and and right, and it doesn't come loose because of that. Okay. Right. Let's see what other things would be like really cool. Well, we got yeah we got about. 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Well, I wanted to also talk a little bit about things that are a little bit larger that Mm -hmm. aren't really in in the Amuse the Savage kit, but you might bring along for, you know, larger things. Um, Because we've already talked about magic. Um, The, uh, uh, I really like the Popeil Pocket Fisherman. I got to say, growing up, I wanted one of those and nobody ever bought one for me. And you still could buy them. And, you know, the, it just it fits it literally fits in a pocket okay it's it's a it's a lousy fishing rod but it's an excellent reel for what it is it's all plastic and um you know for for a culture in which you know your your uh fishing strings are going to be woven you know they're literally going to be string and not plastic right and uh that you can't throw it very far and you might, you know, you, you you get an opportunity to do some fishing and you don't have the gear with you. But this is so small and compact that you can literally carry with you anywhere. It's, you know, it's, it definitely does not cut it anywhere near good fishing gear. But to have something where if you have the opportunity to do some fishing, and it isn't just fishing. I mean, if you wanted to put something on the end of it and lower it down somewhere and then cut, reel it back up like a message, you want to lower a message down to somebody and take a message back. Right. You could use it for spy stuff is what I'm trying to say. Oh, know, okay. And other yeah. things like that. Yeah. Everything you've seen the, the them using a, a, a rod and reel for in a, in a cartoon. Yeah. This will do. Maybe not perfectly great, but... But it's literally something you can stick in a back pocket. Exactly, yeah. Stick in any pocket, really. You know, it's small and compact. And it's, it, the, the, the biggest thing about it is it's got a push button that basically unlocks the reel so the reel can, can spin and let the thread out. And then you have a little thing to crank it back in. And you got a little, and you fold out this little bent piece, which is supposed to be the rod part, okay, which still does serve that purpose a little bit, you know, as long as the fish you got attached to is not too big. Right. (laughs) If you're going after things that are the size of a minnow or something like that, it still works. (laughs) So. Not going to catch a tuna with this thing. Yeah. No, you're definitely not catching a tuna. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It's, I was, you know, after growing up, you know, I got tuna in a can. (laughs) <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I thought this a fish was somewhat larger than the can, but not that much larger than the can. Boy, did I get an awakening one time when someone said, here's what a tuna actually looks like. And I'm like, it's the size of the boat. <laughs> my, my, my children have that same perception right now as, yeah, like, yeah, we can, maybe you can go catch a big old tuna. And it's like, tuna ain't big. Oh, child. <laughs> I will show you pictures. All right. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, we got like a, at least another ten items here that we didn't get to. But let's talk a little bit about some of the other ones I had listed here. Some things that you might want to give people. There's not really the Amuse the Savage kit, but it still kind of falls into that same kind of category. That might, you know, that are larger items that you might want to just leave with people, you know, and and walk away saying, you know, this is just going to better their lives. Uh, one of the things that I, uh, I really liked because of some research I did was that a lot of people have basically killed themselves burning stuff inside their homes, trying to basically keep themselves warm, cook their food, and provide some light. You know, especially when you get outside, get into urban areas where people are, you know, like multiple, maybe one or two levels, and you have more than one person in an area and uh, you just basically use up all the air right. okay so one of the best ways of handling that is to not is to burn charcoal okay and charcoal is essentially just wood that's had all the water and other things driven out it's basically a black briquette right all right and there's various things you can make this out of um the one of the ones i saw was just simply you know, putting a whole bunch of corn cobs into an airtight container and just 
you know, heating it up and driving out the extra, and then you end up with these corn cob briquettes. But anyways, there are a lot of charcoal generators that you can buy, and therefore you can give people, all right? And uh, some of the material that you use is rice husk. Uh, there's called baguettes, which I have no idea what that is. But there's also ground nutshells. These are ideal, but corn cobs and pine cones also work. And what you end up doing is you end up producing these briquettes, which are safer to use. Uh, they produce a better flame, a more controllable flame, and it's essentially a trade good. So uh, it not only makes life better for you, but then you can go and start selling them to other people. And of course, if you put them together, they burn really hot and you can actually sell them to blacksmiths and other people like that who can get some high temperature where before it was a lot harder to get. Right. So okay. char a charcoal generator, which actually would be something you would fit into a uh, basically the back of somebody's pickup truck, you know, uh, an industrial size. I mean, when I say industrial, I'm really referring to something that could be hobby based. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I'm not talking about like a factory, factory where, you, you know, <laughs> something that would not move. Okay. I'm just saying something, something that's portable. You know, the, uh, charcoal, there are charcoal generators you can buy. So I think those are really cool things that might really make a difference. It wouldn't have the wow factor other than the fact that you could, you know, you could set it on fire and people could see how hot they were. You know, because, I mean, what you use, charcoal, you use on your... Uh, on your cookout, right? Okay, that's what it is, and uh, and you can see how hot it gets, and the end result when it's all done is 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 very easily clean upable, and you can reuse them too, you know. Uh, but the uh, the important thing is is that it it doesn't uh, produce all the noxious smoke that if anybody's ever tried to cook over a campfire, they know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, it it's it's tough. It can be it can be really hard to breathe. And sometimes it can be dangerous, too. I've had my pants set on fire a number of times while <laughs> I was cooking over a fire, okay? Which has never happened on with my Coleman stove, I'll have you know. Well, Until just, the last time, when it basically just all fell apart and lit itself on fire. Right, because once you get these things burning and you get them red hot, you don't even need the fire anymore because they're producing enough heat. Oh, yeah, they're easy need. to start. Yeah. yeah it just takes, a, just takes some kindling, and, and, and they're... And within a few minutes, they're really going. And, you know, so, yeah. And uh, you can carry them in a metal tube and cap them off. And they'll, they'll you know, they'll basically tamp themselves down. And then, but they're real easy to, to flare back into existence again. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that was one of the things. Of course, a plow is very important. They had to make a special plow in order to basically farm the prairies. Because the uh, the matted roots of all those prairie grasses was so tough that you literally couldn't plow it with a regular plow. But they had to make a special one that it would. But normally, a plow makes a huge difference over do what they did with the Mayflower people, where they basically stuck a stick in the ground, shoved shoved in a seed and a, and a piece of fish, oh, and covered right. it over. That was their technique. <laughs> Not very efficient. And that's the thing. As long as they've got some concept of agriculture, you'll you'll be able to sell this to them. Right. Now, yeah, if you're still dealing with hunter-gatherer, maybe a little bit harder sell. No, hunter-gatherers aren't going to do it. They're not in agriculture. Right. Well, you, you might introduce them to agriculture with this. It kind of. But they might go for the next one, which is harnesses mm. for draft animals. Oh, yeah. Which could be a horse, an ox, or a dog. Yeah. And of course, if you're over in Africa, you wildebeest, water buffaloes, you know, there uh, uh, elephants. There's a number of critters that can be used along this line. I mean, any semi-domesticated animal, even if you're not on a, right. an, an Earth alternate uh, or an alternate biological. Excellent for dragging things. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, if you hook that to some kind of a frame with with runners on it, now you can. You can let the dogs or whatever do all the work while you stand there and just glide over over the uh, 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 savanna. The snow or sand or whatever it is, yeah. Whatever it might be, yeah. Uh, likewise, water wheels are easy to make uh, and can be put into a stream or you can use, you know, or it can be a windmill. 
you know, and then you can mail with it, or you can even produce electricity with them. Uh, that's one of those things where until somebody invents it, it's like super useful, but somebody has to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and uh, the uh, uh, just just a spinning plate, you know, for potters to help them make their pottery, because otherwise, you know, you're just taking a piece of clay and you're punching holes in it, you're shaping it and stuff, having something where you can spin it around, you know, just a lazy Susan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Literally gave somebody a lazy Susan with some decent, you know, wheels on it. You know, they wouldn't get, they could wash the clay off of. You'd be a hero because now they can produce 10 times as fast, much more, you know. Like uniform, yeah. Symmetrical and everything else. So, you know, little things like that can make a big difference. Uh, I put down ceramic plates for body armor. I don't know if this actually would work, whether you could actually fire up ceramic good enough that it actually could act as good body armor, but I thought it might be worth a try for people who hadn't quite gotten their uh, uh, metal uh, metal working up to snuff. It might work against, I mean, yeah, it could, it could work. It wouldn't be the best in the world, but I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a, a good thick ceramic plate would work better than nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. even if someone smacks it and breaks it, you it know, it's saved still, your life one time. Well, yeah, and it might not fall into dust. It might still be broken, but it still continues to provide some protection. Yeah. Yeah. And see, ceramic, you know, I, I, uh, tends, I mean, it's heavy, but it's not as heavy as chain mail. Mm -hmm. That's not as heavy. So I don't know. It was just something I threw in there ceramic plates for body armor. Yeah. I mean, it, it might get replaced eventually, but, you know. I was spitballing about that point, you know. So uh, the most important thing about having uh, the idea of, of ceramics is that just taking clay and forming it into a container and, and letting it dry, it still absorbs water. You know, it's good for keeping insects out of it and stuff like that. You can seal it, mm -hmm. but it's it, it doesn't really protect against water okay it will absorb water but right. if you take that same ceramic thing and fire it in a in a in a, in a kiln right uh which is which you can make out of bricks and they're not that hard to make okay you can then you've driven out all the impurities and it's now waterproof right and then yeah you've got a perfect container for any well, a container in general for water liquid food stuff small stuff big stuff not terribly heavy in and of itself. Right. It's, it, uh, I mean, these kind of containers was the primary way that people trans, you know, transmitted things like wine, oil, all the, all the really valuable trade goods back in the, you know, the, the, the 2000 years ago, they were all, you know, I mean, unless they were dry, they were, and even if they were dry, they were a lot of times trans, uh, carried in ceramics. They could fit in it. Yeah. Because you can you could put a handhold on it and such, you know. It's just, I'm uh, I mean, there must have been a good reason for them doing it, or they wouldn't have done it. Well, I mean, it so, was but anything custom, liquid for sure. Customizable yeah. containers. I mean, it's the first yeah. time you could make a container exactly the way you wanted, and it not be made out of, you know, animal hide. Right, and of course you can paint it. You can you know um, do other types of things to it. So, you know, you can really pretty it up and that and make it and it becomes now a gift, a piece of art that you can give to somebody important. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this, you know, just just giving people the ability to make ceramics, good ceramics can really up their game as far as a culture is concerned. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's all I ha I mean, like I said, I have like 10 more items, but we've run out of time. Yeah, we're, we've kind of hit the hit the two hour mark at this point right but uh and, and and there's lots of fun stuff you know like slinkies and and knee-high socks with toes in the ends just so you can have toes you know little <laughs> i call them ninja socks i always thought they were so cool you know i always wanted one that was all different colors you know and and nobody ever bought them for me when my wife got some she did not like them 
Okay. She preferred the ones yeah. that have like the big toe, and then the rest are just one big, like like mittens. <laughs> well, you know, everybody to their own yeah. taste, right? Saying, you might you might get is, some of those. Is, this is might. my list. So. I'm just saying you might get some and find you don't like them either. Because fortunately, I don't have too many hammerhead toes, so mm. not too much of a problem there. You know, <laughs> but some people I know have big issues. Like some people have like these really long toes, and so it's really hard to get them in there. Uh-huh. I have relatively short toes, so I think it would work well for me. But anyways, even if it doesn't, I just, you know, liked the idea of, of, of doing it one time, you know? Fair enough. But, uh, and a lot of these items are also things that you shouldn't feel sorry about, that they may only use them one time. They're just there to amuse somebody. They're there to help open the door, give a good feelings, you know, set yourself up as, as the cool guy with a lot of really crazy stuff that people have never seen before. So they're always going to welcome you back to see what new weird stuff you've been, you, you've pulled, you stuck in your pockets this time. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, that's what I was really seeing this as. And I, I'm, I'm sorry that people don't use, um, I've tried to get my players to come up with their own Amusa Savage kits, and they've never been willing to do it. They always try to crack the book open and say, well, this, you know, and then they get to the aluminum pots. And they say, wait a second, this, this, in this culture, this is a King's Ransom here. Like, <laughs> that's why I say get rid of the aluminum, just use stainless steel. It's, uh, it, it, it won't be the troublesome thing that these other ones are. I mean, you can, you can bring the aluminum, but just... You know, keep in mind that you're making yourself a huge target. Because if you always have these huge aluminum pots, people are going to go, that's the rich guy. I mean, the, the, the reason that the top of the Washington Monument is aluminum is because they wanted to show the wealth of the United States by covering the entire top of a building with aluminum. <laughs> and now we use it for disposable cans. Now, now we use it to you know, heat our our leftover pizza. In. <laughs> That's true. To make funny hats to keep out the radio waves. Well, Jonathan, uh, take us out. Well, um, okay. So we hope you've um, enjoyed our uh, brainstorming and and listing of uh, all the possible doodads and gadgets that you might want to bring along on your next uh, encounter with. Uh, less technologically endowed cultures, either on the French path or in space or however else you're getting a, a time travel. Time travel, that's true. Always got to remember time travel. And we hope you've given you some ideas. If you have your own ideas, you can leave them as a comment on our Facebook group, uh, Fans of Gaming on the Frontier podcast, or on the... Uh, what is it that Fringeworthy RPG fans or Bureau 13 agents everywhere Facebook groups? Right. Or members. on our uh, Podbean, um, uh, our Podbean site That's where, right. where we host us, or even on uh, uh, iTunes, right. uh, where you might be getting this podcast from. Really, uh, or you could just you know Google us and send us a an, uh, an email. I've had the same email for the past. 30, 40 years, bsheffer yeah. at AOL.com. Yeah, so you're true. welcome to send me a note. Um, you know, all, uh, I, and, and if you can fit a letter bomb into an electronic message, then, you know, more power to you. There's always viruses. <laughs> but anyway. That's we... one reason I use AOL, because it's a, la- it, oh, it is, it's a lousy email system for, you know, for, for putting stuff in. Everything comes out as an attachment like that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway thanks again for listening and we hope you have fun with these ideas we hope you come up with your own definitely let us know if you uh have some fun with your players amusing some savages but until the next week when we have another topic we'll see you later until then this is bruce sheffer saying There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction 
and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.